The Bible Study Podcast, episode 236. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of 1 Samuel with chapter 16. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. We have a momentous chapter this time in 1 Samuel, which is the introduction of David. David is anointed king in this episode Sort of. Let's see what 1 Samuel 16 says. The Lord said to Samuel, How long will you mourn for Saul, since I have rejected him as king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and be on your way. I am sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem. I have chosen one of his sons to be king. But Samuel said, How can I go? If Saul hears about it, he will kill me. The Lord said, Take a heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Invite Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show you what to do. You are to anoint for me the one I indicate. Samuel did what the Lord said. When he arrived at Bethlehem, the elders of the town trembled when they met him. They asked, Do you come in peace? Samuel replied, Yes, in peace. I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Consecrate yourselves and come to the sacrifice with me. Then he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. When they arrived, Samuel saw Eliab and thought, Surely the Lord's anointed stands here before the Lord. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outer appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Then Jesse called Abinadab and had him pass in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, The Lord has not chosen this one either. Then Jesse had Shammah pass by, but Samuel said, Nor has the Lord chosen this one. Jesse had seven of his sons pass before Samuel, but Samuel said to him, The Lord has not chosen these. So he asked Jesse, Are these all the sons you have? There is still the youngest. Jesse answered, He is tending the sheep. Samuel said, Send for him. We will not sit down until he arrives. So he sent for him and had him brought in. He was glowing with health and had a fine appearance and handsome features. Then the Lord said, Rise and anoint him. This is the one. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. Samuel then went to Ramah. So this is an interesting section here because David is anointed king and David is not the one that Samuel expected. Samuel is sent specifically to the house of Jesse. God says, this is where you're supposed to go and I'll show you which is the right son. And there's this whole thing about sacrificing to hide from Saul the fact that he is going to be replaced, that Samuel is anointing his successor. Now, not immediately, of course, and more not immediately because David is still a boy. But Saul wouldn't care. Saul would basically, as we'll see later on, strive to protect his kingship. And so Samuel goes somewhat in secret, at least his mission is secret here. And the Lord shows him finally this eighth son of Jesse, David, and says, this is the one who will be anointed king. Whatever there is about the first seven, they are not the ones that God chose. And we see with the first one that Samuel looks at Eliab and says, surely this is the one. And he says, no, don't consider his appearance or his height. The Lord does not look at the things that people look at. As God looks at us, he doesn't care what we look like. 
He cares about our character. He cares about the fruit that we bear more than he cares about our appearance. Now, we tend to look at the superficial, and we tend to think things are more important than they are and not look at someone's character and not look at someone's heart. Obviously, we can't in the same way that God can. But something about David, something about the heart of David, this shepherd boy, appealed to God. If you go to Florence, Italy, you can see the famous statue of David, and you get this towering, colossal statue of this shepherd boy and powerful. And But that is misleading in the sense that David was this boy, the youngest of the eight brothers. And he wasn't even included in the feast at first because he wasn't considered important enough. He was just going to watch the sheep. So God sees things differently. And God understood that David was a man after his own heart, even now when he's not yet a man, even now when he is still a boy. And continuing on, David and Saul's service. Now the spirit of the Lord had departed from Saul, and an evil spirit from the Lord tormented him. Saul's attendants said to him, See, an evil spirit from God is tormenting you. Let our Lord command his servants here to search for someone who can play the lyre. He will play when the evil spirit from God comes on you, and you will feel better. So Saul said to his attendants, Find someone who plays well and bring him to me. One of the servants answered, I have seen a son of Jesse of Bethlehem who knows how to play the lyre. He is a brave man and a warrior. He speaks well and is a fine-looking man, and the Lord is with him. Then Saul sent messengers to Jesse and said, Send me your son David, who is with the sheep. So Jesse took a donkey loaded with bread, a skin of wine, and a young goat, and sent them with his son David to Saul. David came to Saul and entered his service. Saul liked him very much, and David became one of his armor-bearers. Then Saul sent word to Jesse, saying, Allow David to remain in my service, for I am pleased with him. Whenever the Spirit from God came on Saul, David would take up his lyre and play. Then relief would come to Saul, he would feel better, and the evil spirit would leave him. This section here where it says that this evil spirit was sent from God is a little problematic for me, and I have a little trouble with these particular words or that particular phrasing, but that's the way this is written, so we won't deny that. There is a debate among religious people in general about where evil comes from. And certainly there are other places in the Bible that says that God doesn't send evil, but in this particular place we see this evil spirit or a harmful spirit was sent from the Lord to torment Saul. But David is an antidote to that spirit. So the question we have to ask is, why would God do that? Why would God send that tormenting spirit to Saul? Well, one obvious answer would be just to get even. Just Saul hasn't obeyed him and he's going to torment him. And that's certainly a possibility, but it's interesting. And I wonder if the rest of the chapter gives us a clue, the fact that because of this condition, David is brought into Saul's service. And David gets now to spend time in the palace, and David gets a chance to spend time with Saul, this relationship that shouldn't have happened. David, a shepherd boy, who has been anointed king, is going to become king. But how can he possibly learn how to become king by tending the sheep? Somehow, God has said this boy here is going to become the next king. He's going to replace Saul. He's got a man after my own heart. But we see that 
in this particular case, we learn that he can play the lyre. We also learn that he is a brave man, and we learn later on that he's killed both the bear and the lion, and that he's a warrior. Now, so far, he's been a warrior apparently against the animals trying to attack the sheep is what we'll learn from David's lips later on. But there is bravery. There is things in David that are clearly admirable. But David is a shepherd. How is David going to learn how to become a king? How did Saul learn how to become a king? Saul had to learn the hard way because there was no king before him. His father wasn't king. In fact, there was no king at all in Israel. And certainly Saul has made some mistakes. Maybe he could have done a better job if he learned from the previous king. Well, David is going to get a chance to learn some of the best and some of the worst things from Saul because he'll be in Saul's service. Well, why is in Saul's service? Not because Saul needs a shepherd. Not because Saul knows that he needs this David, and certainly not because Saul knows that he is training in some way his successor. But because of this affliction that Saul has, he had a need for David. Well, isn't that convenient? And I wonder if that's the answer to the question of why does Saul have this problem? Is that through that problem, whatever it is, God is able to prepare the way for the king. God is able to prepare the way for David and prepare him to be king in a number of years still. And so that begs the question of where is God working in our lives? And is it obvious when he is working? And I think the answer is no. But I think sometimes if we look back at our lives, we can see situations that we were not fond of, situations that were difficult, can be used to prepare us for ministry. And I'm not saying that God sent those situations, but that God is working through those situations. For in all things, God is working for good for those who are called according to his purposes. And and certainly in this case, God is working through this situation to do good for David and to do good for his people. With that, we're going to end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. If you have any questions, feel free to send an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com or to leave a comment on the website at thebiblestudypodcast.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at Chris2x. And as always, thanks so much for listening. In a world where relationships are easily broken and often discarded, the Rebuilding Us Marriage Podcast is your lighthouse, guiding the way to hope, restoration, and transformation in Christ. I'm your host and marriage coach, Dana Shea. Join me as we discuss the necessary tools for rebuilding marriages from adversity, betrayal, and disconnection. It's time to reignite love as we rebuild marriages from the ground up. Listen to the Rebuilding Us Marriage podcast on lifeaudio.com or wherever you get your podcasts.